to the MetaZen cabinet where we get experimental about exploring your potential so you can discover your own values, the manner in which you're here to serve, and align yourself with the only certifiable rescue team you can rely on, yourself. What's up, Moonbeams? I hope everyone is doing phenomenal. I hope everyone is well, and I hope you're enjoying the movie here, and I hope that you're off to a great start when it comes to accomplishing the goals and being the person that you want to be for this year. I hope that all of those things are going extremely well. Welcome to episode 35, Feel the Fear and Leap Anyway. In this episode, I do want to talk about how when it comes to chasing the many things that we chase in this experience, so many of them can be so large and big. And because of that, they can summon so much fear in us that we can become riddled with paralysis and we don't want to move. We don't want to take the appropriate action to move and see them through. In this episode, we're going to talk about how it's healthy to feel the fear and do it anyway. If you're new to this podcast, what's up? How you doing? Hey, what's the deal, Pickle? And if you're coming back to join us for another episode, what's up, cuz? I've been thinking about you. You've been on my mind. And I've just been hoping that you've been well and that you do more than getting by, but that you've been happy and that you have been fulfilled. In the first segment, we'll be talking about feeling the fear. And in the third segment, we'll talk about setting high intentions with low attachment pretty much getting into a place where we're learning how to detach from the outcome and focusing more so on the journey. So it's going to be a good one. And we're definitely going to uncover a bit, explore a bit, and, you know, keep it real. So you don't want to miss that. Again, I want to thank everyone for all of your continued support, donations, uh, episode ideas, and air segment words. Thank you so much. Let's jump into the episode in three, two, and one. Susan Jeffers said, every time you encounter something that forces you to handle it, your self-esteem is raised considerably. You learn to trust that you will survive, no matter what happens. And in this way, your fears are diminished immeasurably. I don't know about y'all, but when it comes to my life and all the situations and obstacles that have come in my path, you know, a lot of things, many things have started out very scary and, you know, made me very fearful. But when I saw it through, when I got on the other side of that fear and turned that thing around and found it out, understood more, I became stronger. I became more knowledgeable. I became more patient and I became someone that was a lot harder to frighten, a lot harder to rattle, a lot harder to shake up. 
I've learned from my own personal experience that I have to feel the fear and do the thing anyway, because if I let it defeat me, then I don't have control over me. And when I don't have control over me, I don't get to decide when I feel good. I don't get to decide when I feel powerful. I don't get to decide when I feel smart or when I feel courageous because I know when I'm being honest with myself, there are things in the back of my mind that totally creep me out and I don't want to see them through. I was 26 years old, I think, yeah, 26 years old when I got on a plane for the first time and I was terrified. I was terrified because I've always been afraid of heights, but I don't want to be the person that's always afraid of heights. I don't want to be in my 70s and 80s one day and still be talking about being afraid of heights. I want to create a better relationship with heights. I want to be someone that can go skydiving, someone that can go ziplining, someone that can live out on the edge, on the outer edge, and take those kind of risks. And for me to do that, I have to get on the other side of fear which means I have to allow myself to sit in it, be fearful, but do it anyway. As a kid, I was a kid that hated needles. You know, every time it's time to get shots or immunizations and different things like that, I hated needles. You know, I had to have conversations and be distracted so I wasn't watching what was going on until I decided that I didn't want to be the kid that was just afraid of needles, that I wanted to just become more courageous and become stronger. And when I applied that pressure, when I decided I wanted to be bigger than my fear of needles, things changed. Susan Jeffers also said, all you have to do to diminish the fear is to develop more trust in your ability to handle whatever comes your way. Meaning if you're a public speaker or maybe an artist or a musician, if you struggle with stage fright, then the only way that you're going to conquer stage fright is by being putting yourself out there in the situation, by feeling the fear. Even if you have to recreate that feeling at home or with your friends, you know, practicing your speeches or practicing your performances and being nervous in front of your friends or being nervous in the comfort of your own home and allowing yourself to feel that fear enough to see yourself come out on top, to see yourself annihilate that feeling, to see yourself complete it and see it through and to develop trust in the fact that when it happens when you're on stage or in the real thing, you will survive it. It won't defeat you. Whatever happens in this moment, you will be okay and you will still be good enough. There's so many of you that are ready to walk in your purpose and ready to do what the universe or the God or whatever you call that thing that's bigger than yourself. Whatever God has called you to do, there are so many of you that are ready to take those moves, uh, to take this time to do those things. You feel anxiety, great anxiety about stepping out and betting on yourself, leaping while fearful. And I want to tell you that you can stay comfortable. You can stay inside where it's comfortable and nothing is going on. But you know in your heart that you're unsatisfied and you know that you're unfulfilled. You know that it's something more that you're supposed to be doing. You know it. And it's been debilitating you. And you don't know what to do about the feeling. You feel you feel like if you wait long enough, it'll start to dissipate. It'll start to fade away. It won't be as bad. And maybe it's something that you can live with. But you know when you're being honest with yourself that that's a lie. And you also don't want to have this existence of this thing having power over you. Because anything that has power over you controls you. 
It determines your house rules. It determines when you can feel your best, when you want to be happy, when you want to feel satisfied, and it interferes with your ability to validate yourself. And you don't want to give anything or anyone that kind of power over you. I've always been a pretty outgoing person, but I remember leaving Chicago to go to Jackson, Mississippi, to go to Jackson State in college when I first graduated high school. And I remember being nervous because I was one moving to a whole new state that was down in the South. You know, you hear lots of different things about it being slower. You know, the people are a little different or whatever. But I knew that one, me getting here, I would have to make this my home because this is where I was going to have to live. You know, I was going to have to be open to meeting new people. I was going to have to be open to reinventing myself and redefining myself to fit this new stage in my life as opposed to trying to hold myself to what I've always been and who I've always been. But I found that when I let myself go to adjust and adapt as I saw fit and I made it about me, that it was quite a comfortable transition. It was definitely one of the best experiences and periods of my life. Susan Jeffers said, taking responsibility means never blaming anyone else for anything you are being, doing, having, or feeling. And I believe that's powerful because you know that in yourself, every day you're taking measures and making decisions to grow and harden your character for the greater good and you're doing things like this that go against and oppose what it is you want to stand for and what it is you want to be about and when we're being fearful and afraid to leap and take those chances and take those risks we're not being accountable and that we're not being responsible for our experience we usually have a tendency to want to blame other people blame circumstances for us not being ready you know, whether you're working a job and you've been waiting five years to quit to start your business, you have 10 years worth of savings and everything is set up for you to leap, but you're comfortable and it's easy and you don't want to deal with the unknown. You don't know what the unpredictableness of life, I know I made that up, but the unpredictability of life is going to bring and that makes you uncomfortable. So instead, you're willing to risk living another five years of your life scared and fearful and not leaping. And in the meantime, you're going to watch and experience other people around you having the experiences you know you should be having, making the kind of money you know you should be making, expanding their incomes, their streams of incomes, buying bigger homes, and ultimately living more fulfilled lives. And you know, this comes back to your fulfillment. You know that you're an adventurer and you know that you value having quality life experiences, but you're being held up because you're scared of failing. You're scared of getting it wrong. You're scared of getting it wrong and people laughing at you and making fun of you. And the thing is, you're not gonna always be this young. You're not gonna always be this prepared. If you wait around to feel ready, life will pass you by. There are people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s with regrets, wishing they would have leaped. Don't stay on the mountain looking stupid.
Ralph Waldo Emerson said, he who has not every day conquering some fear has not learned the secret of life. It has always been so important to me to make every year of my life different than the last, to have different fears, to inherit different problems, challenges, situations, puzzles, to inherit different blessings, to, to shed more labels, to be reinvented, to expand my identity, to shift and tweak my personality, to learn more skills, to learn more interests, and to really get the most out of this experience. With attending different seminars and lectures and programs and reading great books, I had to learn that fear is a manufactured response. Fear isn't real, and fear is something that we create. You know, I had to understand that we are, when it comes to our brain and the way that we think, you know, humans, we've been around for thousands of years. And the things that we used to fear back in, you know, the Stone Ages and different things like that are a lot different than what we fear today. But we still have a lot of that sensitivity and a lot of those same thought patterns. And when it comes to dismantling fear, I had to understand that when you learn how to dance around those alarms that set off in the brain that lets you know you're doing too much, your brain is experiencing too much change, then you can experience some type of success. You can see some change. You can experience some momentum. You know, the brain is in us. We have our brains to keep us safe, to maintain the sense of monotony and similarity in our lives because it can predict that, it can interpret that comfortably, but when we start changing ourselves, we try to start changing what we expose ourselves to, then the brain can, you know, become an enemy that can work against us when it comes to things that we're trying to do. And to start to get rid of that fear, you have to take action. Sometimes you're taking small action. You know, maybe you want to become someone who works out five to six days a week. And many times, myself included, many times we try to start being that person from day one. And we're good at it for maybe three or four days, but we don't realize the brain is overwhelmed. And the brain has a tendency to become overwhelmed by too much sudden change. And it'll cause us to forget to work out, or it'll make our bodies feel more pain than they really are, or just kind of overwhelm us with different feelings and emotions to make us feel bogged down so we don't go back to working out the way we were again. So maybe instead of working out six days a week, you can start out with one and start out with something that feels easy and take those more bite-sized steps. But in actuality, you're just taking action. And a lot of it starts with taking small action because like Mel Robbins said, action creates belief. And if you know what you're afraid of, if you know what you're fearing, then the best thing that you can do is create a belief or a conviction that completely contrasts that thing. Using the previous example, if you really fear performing in front of people or, you know, stage fright and different things like that, a lot of that comes down to managing perceptions and how people might perceive you. So the best thing that you can do is seek out rejection directly. 
And with allowing yourself to seek out rejection directly, then you become a lot more desensitized to rejection and you're able to appreciate the experience more, be more present in the experience because you're not waiting around or wondering what people are thinking about you. Marie Curie said, nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. And that's true for so many of us as well, that where there's fear, there's usually a lot of ignorance to something. There's a lack of understanding in something. There's a lack of understanding in the process. There's a lack of understanding of the situation. And when you bridge that understanding, then you can experience some relief. You can feel more confident. You can feel more aware. You can feel more in charge or more in control. I remember being 22, getting my first apartment and, you know, being so scared of striking out on my own. I've always been very independent and very self-sufficient, but it was just another part of me where growing up, I just saw my parents, you know, struggle with different experiences and different things. We did pretty well, but I still saw them have different struggles and just a lot of pressure with maintaining a lot and always just kind of have a little bit of that fear when it came out, came down to striking out on my own and having my own home. But I knew that I was at an age, I was at a place in my life where I needed my own space, I needed my own privacy, and I needed to see this leg of the race through. I needed to see that I can be a self-sufficient individual that can pay my own expenses because I was already doing that, but I wasn't doing it on the scale of owning your own home. And I had to jump into it, even though I didn't really feel prepared. But after doing it for a while, I learned that one, if you go to work, you can guarantee that you always have capital to pay your bills. Two, if you develop some savvy finance uh, practices, then you can also ensure the future, you know, for the future that you will have what you need to pay your bills. Because what really scares you is not being able to pay your rent. And once I got over that and understood that that was what my real fear was, I just made sure that I always had a job. I always made sure that I had money put to the side in different places to remedy that fear. You know, instead of just living and being the kind of person that worries all the time about fear. And I still had worries and life still happened and I still undergo, underwent different changes and upsets. But in that first year, you know, I thought I was to be a lot more scared and freaked out. You know, I was the kind of person that unplugged my alarm clocks when I went to sleep or when I went to work. You know, I was super cheap. I didn't want to really splurge money. I didn't want to give me a bed. I didn't want to do anything. I had couches and furniture. I was sleeping on my couches and just all types of things because I was just scared of not having enough money for the things that counted, like AK and my bills and my rent. And thinking back on that time, 10 years later, being 32 now, it's just as funny to look at the way I looked at things and the things that scared me and the things that I was fearful of then. You know what I mean? But we have to go through it because one, we're human, but two, you know, the brain doesn't know the difference between the things that we fantasize as real 
and staring and the things that just aren't really happening. And when you realize that you're in control and that you're choosing fear, that you're putting the locks on the doors, that you're shutting yourself out from different opportunities that, you know, you could have been one out for that promotion or that you could have been one out to start that business. But you said you weren't ready. You said that you didn't have enough money. You said that the time wasn't right. And you put the locks on the doors. You locked yourself out of that experience. Life didn't do that to you. And it really takes that kind of awareness when it comes to growing and changing to understand that we choose fear. There are certain experiences in life that will occur to measure how much we want things and how far we're willing to go, how deep we're willing to dig to produce. But we have the option to produce or choose fear and be inactive. So understand that anytime that you're in a place where you're not able to overcome fear in whatever situation that you're in, it's because you're choosing fear. It's because you're choosing what can go wrong. It's because you're choosing how people may perceive you or what you may look like. You're perceiving this because you're not having faith in your abilities. Anais Nin said, people living deeply have no fear of death. And I had to learn that because for a long time I was afraid of death. But when I started walking in my purpose, when I started making this experience a lot more meaningful, when I started making this experience be truthful to what it is I'm supposed to do here, I started seeing that fear evaporate more and more. We can't allow ourselves to live fearfully all the way until it's time for us to pass on because this is a beautiful experience and it deserves the best of you. Kelly Catrone said, detachment doesn't mean I'm trying less hard. It just means that fears and emotions that used to torment and paralyze me no longer have the same power over me. One of my favorite teachers, Jim Rohn, made it clear to me in a few different books and a few different videos on YouTube that I watch about how so much of us getting caught up in fear is us worrying about the outcome. But how when we become invested in the process, when we become engrossed in the journey, then we can allow fear to dissipate because we're focusing on whatever it is that we're chasing, whatever goal or dream that we're chasing, we're focusing on how it can grow us as a person, how it can make us more valuable and a stronger contributor to this world. We're focusing on how this goal, this situation, this dream can call forth the best of who we are, how it can connect us with the purest expression of our being as opposed to coming out on top and looking impressive and looking like we barely had to sweat or looking like we had to work really hard and we couldn't make it look easy and just lots of different ego uh, feelings or emotions and thoughts that are wrapped up and consumed in ego you know when we allow ourselves to take ego out of the situation we don't have any room to acknowledge fear we only can acknowledge what it is we want to get out of this situation. We can only be eye to eye with whatever our true intentions and desires are. 
So many of us, we set goals and we give them deadlines. And it's good to give the brain deadlines so it can come up with an answer, so it can guide you to figuring out your situation. But so many of us, we set goals and we're disturbed by the deadline more than the process, more than wanting to, more than, you know, we set intention and then become an intention. But so many of us just set an intention and we never become the intention. And we sit around and worry about the wrong things instead of detaching from the outcome and focusing on the journey, focusing on getting ourselves more involved in the process and being more of what it takes to meet this goal head on. When I first started this podcast, I had a lot of thoughts and goals and different things surrounding, you know, how many people are going to listen, how many listeners am I going to have, how many players am I going to have, and getting focused on getting monetized and getting focused on making lots of money and all that. And those weren't the kind of goals and dreams that motivated me. I mean, they matter to a degree, but not as much as my opportunity to be a teacher. Not as much as my opportunity to be a nurturer, not as much as an opportunity for me to be a protector, to be a parent, because I'm the kind of person where I feel like everyone is my children when it comes to the people that I love and the people that I care for. I feel like everyone is my children when it comes to living a life that's true to you and a life that makes you smile, a life that glows with fulfillment when you go to bed at night. And, you know, you being someone that glows with purpose and love and intention when you wake up in the morning, as opposed to resentment and despair. I'm motivated by the idea of being a light worker, being someone that gets to galvanize the world, that gets to inspire people, that gets to create light everywhere I go, that gets to record these episodes and transmit your doubt and your indecision into enthusiasm and courage and curiosity. And you have to have those same kind of thoughts and feelings when it comes to detaching from the situation. You have to set high intentions. Higher, you have to set high intentions and be those intentions. Brenna Yovanov said, intention is one of the most powerful forces there is. What you mean when you do a thing will always determine the outcome. The law creates the world. Again, so many of us, we set goals and we worry about the outcome as opposed to how the world will look different, how the world will look different when this goal is accomplished. Will the world be brighter? How you will look different? Will you be a kinder person? Will you have a better attitude? Will you have an expanded character? How will this situation, the change of the situation, better this world? You know, how will it be more valuable to people, the people around you? How will it expand the light in your heart and make you someone of purpose and note? I've had to learn with myself that there's many times that I've set goals and I can set deadlines and many times I don't accomplish the goal by the deadline and then I'm dismayed and I'm distracted by the fact that I didn't complete this goal by the deadline and I make it all about that as opposed to focusing on the intention, creating worthwhile goals, you know, creating goals that are so worthwhile that 
whether I complete them in three months, six months, nine months, or a year, two years, these are things that I'm going to see through. It doesn't matter. The deadline is to help get the best out of me, to call forth the best of me, you know, in terms of productivity and thinking and execution. But I know deep down on a soul level that these are goals that I'm going to fulfill one way or another before I leave here. And that's it. And we all have to bring that kind of thought. We all have to bring that kind of focus into the way we set goals, in the way that we approach the situations in our lives. You can totally be afraid to leap and take a chance on the things that may scare you and spook you to death. But when you think about who you're going to be when you overcome this thing, when you think about, when you detach from the fear, detach from the drama, the trauma, when you detach from just all the things that don't really make a real difference and focus on your true intention for wanting to realize this goal of this dream, then you start living in the fullness and the abundance of your power, your divine power. You get to focus on being the intention. And as you focus more on being the intention, you will start to raise your vibration. You will start to attract similar people around you that have similar intentions, that have similar goals, that want to accomplish similar things in life. William A. Foster said, quality is never an accident. It is always the result of high intention, sincere effort, intelligent direction, and skillful execution. It represents the wise choice of many alternatives and to me, that means a lot of the fear that you can be experiencing and feeling right now that's keeping you from taking action. If you actually take action, if you allow yourself to fail forward, if you allow yourself to make the mistakes over time, as you continue to mess it up or get it wrong or make mistakes, you will start to recalibrate. You'll start to get your thoughts more centered. You will start to harden your intentions. You will start to become more aware of your patterns. You will start to develop a sense of conviction as you take more and more action over periods of time. And you will develop the ingredients that are required to produce the quality that will allow you to be successful in the leap you want to take. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> and I think it does. I just see you and you really want things to change. You're ready for things to shift. You're ready to live in the overflow of your abundance. But in order to get to the other side of that abundance, you have to start now, which means you have to start planting those seeds. Because if you don't plant those seeds, the fruit's never going to come out the ground. You know, it doesn't work that way. That's not how the biology works. But if you detach from the outcome, detach from the fear and focus on your intention and realize your intention, your intention will determine your outcome, not how badly you want it. Welcome to the era segment of this episode where we inspire you to take action, where we inspire you to create change by taking new action to create new insights, to attract new clarities, to get you to the next step, to get you to the next level of your life, to help you raise your game. So let's jump right into it. 
The first letter is E. A face, meaning to lie low, to keep to oneself. When it comes to a lot of the goals, a lot of the dreams, a lot of the things that you find that you want, efface them. Learn how to keep them to yourself because many times we have goals and we have things we want to do. And it's so natural, us to, natural for us to want to talk to other people about them, to want to share them with other people, to want other people to geek us up, to support us, to you know, fill us up with that support. And sometimes we get it, you know, sometimes we don't. But either way, it's important for you to keep them to yourself because many times, and people don't realize, but they can give us bad advice. They can mess with our confidence. They can plant seeds of doubt and insecurity where there was none. And it's also better for you to keep things to yourself anyway when it comes to the goals that you have or the dreams that you have. Because the more you talk about what it is that you want to do, the more that you invoke ego in the process. And as you invoke ego, accomplishing the goals comes from an egoic place where I'm going to do it and you're doing it to make yourself look good as opposed to creating a better reality, making the world a better place. You yourself becoming a better person as a result of accomplishing this feat. So it's best to one, not talk to other people about what it is that you want to do. Do it. And after you do it, they'll see you do it and they'll become a, a believer in what it is that you do. Many times we want to get people excited about what it is that we want to accomplish. I know I do. And we can spend so much time talking and People can meet us with their thoughts and, you know, they can only experience life through their lens and how they see things. And they might plan doubt, you know, you sure you're going to do this or are you going to have enough time or enough money or are you going to be able to get that accomplished in that amount of time? And, you know, we may not think nothing about it in the, in the, in the moment, but in the long run, maybe a couple of days later, those thoughts can kind of come back around and work against us with our own inner voices to psych us out. So don't do that and keep your stuff to yourself, a face. The next letter is R, reset. Reset the way you define and experience fear. Understand that fear is an acronym that means fantasized experiences appearing real. Meaning that the things that you were given all this, inf this information, all of this energy, you know, all this sensory overload to these are things that are, these are things that aren't real. And your brain doesn't know it because it's designed to visualize and help you create your reality. And with you creating and putting all this energy into manufacturing fear, your brain is feeling like this is what you want to generate. This is what you want. Uh, you want more of this in your experience. So it applies to cables. It gets the, the juice pumping and it's pumping fear into your veins. It's pumping fear into your reality. You don't want that. So you have to reset the way that you define and experience fear. Get to the bottom of what it is that you're fearing. Whatever it is, the key villain in your ability to, or your inability to take action and take the next step. If it's rejection, Start taking action that contrasts rejection. Start small if you need to. And as you start to take small action, it'll start to ramp up. 
And as you take action over a period of time, you'll start to develop a conviction for what it is that you're doing. In the last letter, A, aerate, meaning to introduce air and nutrients into the situation, which is usually uh, associated with gardening and planting and different things like that. But aerate, aerate the way you think with new stimuli, with new ways and patterns of thinking. If you're someone that's paralyzed with fear, if you're someone that's afraid to take action, if you're someone that's afraid to take the next step, find out how you can make it, how you can make the situation easier, how it can seem smaller. You know, find videos on YouTube, look at videos of people who have struggled with fear and went on to accomplish great things. Find celebrities, find books, you know, find different things that speak to the problem that you're having. You know, just don't allow yourself to chew up more and more time being afraid to take action. If you want to open up a new boutique or a new store and you're scared that you don't have enough money or that it's going to take more time or whatever, don't just sit there with the fear, allowing it to poison you and plague you. Find inspiration. Find people who have done it already and allow yourself to be inspired. Allow yourself to learn from their journey. There you have it. A face. Reset and aerate. If you haven't had a chance yet, please leave a rating or a comment on Apple Podcasts. And please share these episodes as much as you can. It greatly helps the podcast. Before I go, I want to leave you with this. You are strong. You are enough. You are wise and you are tough. Good night.